0: I knew that it was hard for her to adjust. And I knew that it wasn't the most fun place to come home, come to. So I don't think she really liked coming over.
1: Can you blame her?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy step family coaching team, Lori and David Sims.
1: Welcome to episode 151 of the Nacho Kids Podcast.
2: That's right. (laughs) Back on that.
1: That's right. Let's go ahead and announce the winner of this week's Linda Dunham Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. All right. You do the drum roll this time,
2: David. I'll do it like you do. (laughs) That
1: works. (laughs) The winner is Bridget C. Congratulations, Bridget C. Look for an email from us and we will get you started on your scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy, courtesy of Linda Dunham. All right. All right. In just one week, David and I will be in Fort Worth, Texas.
2: (laughs) Yep, we will be.
1: I looked at the weather and it's going to be like 80 something degrees, so I probably shouldn't take my boots. Why not? I don't know, real cowgirls wear boots in the heat, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Remember the time we went to the football game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: 110 degrees and everybody's out there in shorts and skirts and boots. <laughs> You'd have thought we were in Texas. I know. There was a lot of boots
2: going on that day. hmm
1: You know, I used to enjoy going to the football games, but I don't really so much anymore. Because you're getting old. Yep.
2: I don't like people as much as I used to. (laughs) That's not true. It is true. I think, no, it's not that you don't like people. You don't like the shenanigans of people when they, I mean, you go to a tailgating party and we're talking about a college game here, but maybe the same is true for a pro game. I've never been to a pro game, so I don't know, but they're tailgating. Typically it's a younger crowd. They've been drinking all day. And um, it it can be a bit problematic.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm just over that. I'm old.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You see poor people stumbling around and doing crazy stuff. Or then you get in the stands and everybody's hot and they're packed in like sardines and you got somebody who wants to fight somebody else. Oh, yeah. That happened too. Yep, And so... You just like, you know what? I just want to go home. I'll just watch this sitting in my living room. It's a lot more mm-hmm. comfortable. And the bathrooms are cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, there's, it does come a point in your life. Well, I won't say everybody, but certainly for us, that you, you more enjoy being home or not being in the crowds. Where when you were younger, it was you didn't want to be at home and you wanted to be in the crowds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting how it changes. Interesting. Which is why I know now why, why I drove my parents crazy on vacation, because I wanted to go places to do things and be in the crowds and do this, do that, and run here and there. And they're like, this is supposed to be relaxing for us. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, vacation is usually not relaxing for the parents if the kids are along.
2: No, not at all. Then try, you know, vacationing with your stepkids. <laughs> <laughs> It can be done. Just learn to nacho first. It can be done, but it
1: is rough. Look here. I know you ain't talking about my kid. No, I'm talking about you. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about your own kids. Mm -hmm, I'm talking about mm -hmm. you. (laughs) No, I'm not talking about Lori. Well, I talked to my dad the other day.
2: (laughs) Is he still dying?
1: He's still dying. (laughs) And... Actually, we were planning his 75th birthday party. Oh, really? He wants a cake shaped like the number seven and the number five because he's never seen those. I'm thinking, what? Where have you been? What? Well, what it is is he saw his aunt had her 100th birthday party and there was a cake shaped like a 100. So he said, I want a cake like Maxine's. And I'm thinking when you get 100, you'll get one like Maxine.
2: <laughs> you got 25 more years to go, buddy. So,
1: anyway, he said, I just want a cake like that. I've never seen one. And I'm thinking, that shows how much you were a part of our birthday parties. Not that (laughs) we ever had a cake like that with the number. We used to have the Barbie cakes, you know, that the Barbie was sticking out of. And she had, like, a dress, and you ate the dress. Uh Or um, a friend of mine is Amy. Her mom made me a pink panther cake one time for my birthday. But anyway. It's not like these just came around this year. The number cakes have been around forever, ever.
2: He apparently doesn't watch all the cake baking shows like you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I need to tell him about that. But anyway, long story short, he's reminiscing about family and his grandmother, my great-grandmother. And he said, yeah, I was talking to... Uh, Maxine, the 100-year-old, he said, she said they used to call my dad's grandmother mm. bat. Okay. And I said, why? He said, because she was crazy as a bat and mean as a bat. <laughs> so anyway, he keeps talking, and he said, yeah, I remember we were up there one year and visiting, and your cousin Chris, and my cousin Chris was born exactly a month after I was, said Chris wanted an ice cream. So she gave Chris an ice cream. And all the other kids, like there's a bunch of us, were like, I want one too. She said, no, those are Chris's.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Keep in mind, I was not her step-grandkid or step-great-grandkid, whatever. This was a nuclear family, Mm y'all. And she had no qualms whatsoever about giving one kid out of 10 to 15 kids an ice cream.
2: Well, that's why. It would cost $100 for ice cream.
1: (laughs) No, because that was Chris's. Chris was the special one.
2: No. What it was is she didn't like Chris. And so she would give Chris that one ice cream to make y'all hate Chris.
1: Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Well, anyway, as I'm talking to my dad, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty crappy. And he said, you know, there's something called being an adult. And she wasn't being one that day. <laughs> okay. And it hit me. A lot of people talk about nacho kids and I'm nachoing, but they're being petty. They're, well, I brought my kids fast food and didn't get the step kid any because I don't like the step kid. That's not nachoing and that's not being an adult.
2: That's not even being nice.
1: Right. So you can nacho, but you got to be an adult. Mm hmm. So it hit me when I was talking to my daddy. Thank you, daddy. You'll never listen to this, but thank you anyway. (laughs) For pointing that out, I knew that grandparents had their favorites. Like, I was my granny's favorite, and I don't care what anybody else in my family says. I know I was, and that's okay. But I was also my nana's least favorite. (laughs) And again, this is nuclear families, y'all. The thing is, you don't say, you're my favorite in front of everybody. (laughs) You wait till you're hugging them and you say, you're my favorite, Lori. And I say, I know, granny, I know. (laughs) And you don't get the kids all these presents and not get the least favorite anything or get the least favorite one like my nana did. Yeah. Bring down a whole satchel full of presents and, oh, here, Lori, here's yours. And it was like a bubblegum machine ring.
2: Yeah. My grandmother will do that. She she gives me a hug and says I'm her favorite. And then I tell her that she's my favorite grandmother. And then she slaps me and says, I'm your only grandmother. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> she tells me I'm her favorite, too. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: And your aunt tells me I'm her favorite.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, that, that, they don't
1: like your sister.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's that thing that runs in my family. It's... Um, Everybody wants to be somebody's favorite.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know
2: what? I am my favorite. That's honestly, if you think about it, a lot of people don't like themselves enough to say that, and they should. Mm -hmm. So go like yourself today.
1: Go like yourself, people. (laughs) We like you like yourself. (laughs) And if you don't like yourself, no wonder nobody else does. (laughs) That was horrible. I'm sorry. I take that back. Okay. Let's talk about our guest today, David. All right. Our guest today is an anonymous stepmom from California. Mm. Been blending two and a half years. Stepson two, stepdaughter four, bio son eight. Have kids every other week, Monday through Monday. Hardest part of her blending? She felt they tried to blend too fast and felt she needed to be super stepmom from the start. Hmm. And she felt a lot of pressure to be super stepmom from the start. Hmm. Best advice anybody got a guess? Nacho. Nacho. <laughs> Something unique about her blend is the kids all get along well and genuinely love each
2: other. Yeah, my kids got along well with Jackson and genuinely loved him. Huh. Yeah.
1: You talking about your kids that I know? Yeah.
2: All just, of them. I mean, just because they pushed him down and ran over him and stuff like that, that's how they showed love.
1: Oh, that when you say ran over, <laughs> that reminds me that time he got ran over by the four wheeler and Taylor comes in and we're talking and she's standing there because she'd been told before not to interrupt adults when they're talking. <laughs> and she's just standing there and standing there. And finally, I'm like, Taylor, you got something you need to say? And she's like, Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt, but Jackson got ran over by the four wheeler. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you stand there like five minutes. (laughs) Everybody goes running outside, and you know Jackson's already been dragged to the porch by then. So, just
1: a reminder, folks: if you teach your kids not to interrupt adults when they're speaking, to tell them it's okay if it's an emergency (laughs) if somebody's hurt. Jackson was okay,
2: by the way. Uh, Yeah, probably because it ran over his head.
1: David. You know, that ain't any nicer than it was when you said it 12 years ago,
2: 13 <laughs> years ago. And it's still just as funny. It's not. He'll even agree with you No, me. he won't. He will. He, he'll agree with you. Of course. So I'm saying he won't he'll, agree with me. He'll agree with me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you ready to get to listening? Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks, let's get to listening. <laughs> All right. Well, before we do. Let's remind everybody, if you go to NotYourKidsAcademy.com, we are there 24-7-365 to help you out in your blend. There's tons of courses and coaching calls and a community of other step families that are there to help support you and get you the help you need to save your sanity and your relationships. So go check it out, NotYourKidsAcademy.com.
1: You know, David, I'm not sure what's my favorite part about the academy. I like that the community is nothing like the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. It's not crazy. Everybody's really supportive of each other.
2: Yeah, they are.
1: I like the Q&A calls because at the end of the Q&A calls, we feel like we've accomplished something and helped the couples that have attended the Q&A call. Mm -hmm. And they feel better. Yep. And I love the challenges. Yes, I created them, but I still love them. (laughs) The boot camp. The changes thinking, thinking, and the self-love, they're awesome.
2: Yeah. Lots of great stuff in there.
1: Yep. And we're getting ready to start adding
2: some more. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. We've got sure a whole enough. long list of
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. And next thing you know, we're going to be saying, we've got 1,012 courses.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. People are already joining. It's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Look at all this content. <laughs> hmm But anyway, right. ready? ready okay let's get to listening to the interview mark set go
1: today we have an anonymous stepmom from california hey anonymous stepmom from california how are you doing i'm good laurie how are you doing good so tell us a little bit about your blend how long have you been blending
0: um we have been blending for about two and a half years or a little yeah a little over that
1: okay And how many stepkids, bio kids, ours kids?
0: I have one bio son, eight. And I have two stepkids, a girl, four, and boy, two. Okay. And and no ours.
1: And how often do you have your bio son?
0: We we actually happen to have the same schedule for uh, all the kids. Okay. So we have them every other week from Monday through the following Monday morning.
1: Okay. That makes it easy, doesn't it? It does, because we get one entire week just to
0: ourselves, where so we're not parents.
1: <laughs> yes. I know my sister-in-law said something one time. She's like, I'm jealous. Y'all get kid-free weekends. We're like, just get divorced. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, too, that's can good. have this. <laughs> <laughs> now, you said you've got a stepson that's two.
0: Yes. Interesting, right?
1: Yeah. So, he wasn't <laughs> born yet when y'all started blending
0: No. So, quick little story. We'll try to make it quick. But basically, um, my boyfriend and I met at work. At the time, when I met him, he only had one daughter. And that's the four-year-old. And he was actually not with the kid's mom. They're they're actually both from the same mom. But they were not together. They had not been together since the little one was four months. Mm -hmm. Well, since the older one, I'm sorry, was four months. Um, They split up. Eventually, I met my now boyfriend. And at the time, we were just kind of hanging out. And then I guess come to find out when we decided to take things a little bit more serious, because we were kind of just doing our own thing. We were already dating. We were already together. A few months into the relationship, she tells him that she's pregnant, uh, but she wasn't sure if it was his or not. So
1: At least she was honest.
0: Yeah. So that was interesting. So obviously, immediately when I found out, I wanted nothing to do with it. We stopped talking. I told him, you know, figure that stuff out. I can't do this. I. It was just weird. So eventually we, they never tried it. They never even wanted to be together in the first place. And then they, you know, they decided to keep parenting differently. I mean, sorry, separately. So they would, you know, share custody of their daughter. And then we eventually started hanging out. We dated and I was always very honest with him and I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, you know, just bringing a kid into a relationship. The whole situation just felt extremely weird to me, Mm -hmm. but I did it anyway. And then, came along and they took the DNA test. Turns out it was his. And that's how we blended. So I've had the baby since he was born.
1: That's definitely unique. Yeah. (laughs) So do you parent your stepson or your stepdaughter, either one? Because especially with you being around the baby from the beginning.
0: Yeah. So you know what? Obviously, when I found out about Nacho, I stopped. And I, I felt like I just, I did not know who to talk to. I really was going nuts when, you know, like originally when we first moved in together, we thought we were going to move on together and it was going to be this really beautiful blend. You know, my son was finally going to have some siblings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it turned out it was not that way at all. It was a lot different. I didn't have anybody, any close friends or anybody that I can really relate to that had step kids or that had anything like my situation. You know, I was pretty much a mom to this kid too. Right. So yes, you know when when the baby was over, you know I was mom. I was doing the diapers, you know putting him to bed at night. I was doing it all.
1: Yeah, especially at that age, you, it's harder to Nacho, I guess, for lack of a better word, because they need somebody twenty four seven.
0: Yes, and at the time, stepdaughter was too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So stepdaughter needed somebody all the time too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was very difficult. So do you feel like since you were around both kids at such a young age that you felt like they were part your kids or, you know, like when I came in, my stepsons were like eight, 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 and 10. So I never went through those Mm -hmm. baby stages with them. And I think if you go through those baby stages, you create a stronger bond, at least in the beginning,
0: Yeah, Yes. I would say, so before we moved in, of course, you know, stepdaughter absolutely loved me and all that stuff. But once we moved in, because when we decided to move in together, I believe she was still two at the time. Yeah, she was still two. And stepson was a few months. I can't, to be completely honest, I can't remember, maybe four or five months. Mm -hmm. So they were all really small. So, you know, we moved in and my son, he goes back and forth between dad and I But dad and I have a pretty similar routine. Like, you know, we have a bedtime for him at eight o'clock and then, you know, he goes to sleep. And then in the morning, he he just has a routine that we were able to agree on that worked out for both of us. Mm -hmm. So when stepdaughter came in, she didn't like that there was rules and there was a bedtime and there was this and there was that. She hated it. And so blending the kids together, there was a lot of behavioral issues. And of course, like, you know, when I came into this, I kept thinking, you know, this is going to be great. Like I have uh, these bonus kids and I love them like they're mine, but it quickly turned out to be a lot more different than I expected. And there was tantrums. There was crying. There was like kidding, you know, she stepdaughter and my son didn't get along because my son would be, let's say on his iPad. She would just walk by and like smack him.
3: Oh gosh. And,
0: and you yeah. And I'd be like, Hey, like you're not allowed to hit. Like that's not okay. And I would talk to her about it. And then you can just tell that once I started to parent them, I guess, She started to back off, and I was no longer somebody that she really liked. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, Daddy, Daddy, this and that. And so it was very difficult. So that's pretty much what it was like at the very beginning.
1: Isn't it funny how quickly things change? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So either step parents need to stay in the date mode with how they treat the step kids, or they just, when they come Mm -hmm. in dating, they just need to start parenting. (laughs) Which we know is not going to happen.
0: Yes, you know what? It's true. Yeah, exactly. You can't expect somebody and you can't just go into a situation thinking, yeah, I'm just going to be this kid's parent from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And it is hard when the kids, and I understand that they get confused. Like, well, why are you telling me I need to put my shoes away when I can just leave them here? And you never said anything to me before. Why is it an issue
1: Right now? And I know a lot of people listening are thinking, she's too You know, she's going through the terrible twos. She Mm -hmm. obviously didn't have that bedtime and structure before, but she's two. You can't nacho a two-year-old. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you know what? One of the things that I do want to mention is
0: that before my boyfriend and I had all moved in together into our apartment, he lived with his parents, too.
3: Oh, He had
0: like a little back area in the house. So he was obviously parenting, but when he would go to work, kids would stay with his mom. She was the babysitter. So there was, it was, of course, you can only imagine what the grandma was like. And she didn't have the rules either. And they got to do and eat everything and anything that they wanted. And, you know, same goes with mom at the time, mom wasn't was at home. I'm sorry. And, you know, so she had the kids all day, every day. She wouldn't, she didn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. So the kids were not used to, oh, now you have to go to daycare. Now, you know, you get picked up, you come home and we do activities or whatever it is that we have to do. And then there's showers and bedtimes and all that stuff. That wasn't what she was doing before. So I knew that it was hard for her to adjust. And I knew that it wasn't the most fun place to come home, come to. So I don't think she really liked coming over.
1: Can you blame her?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad because, you know, I'm a mom and. Initially, when I came in thinking, you know, like, I'm going to try my best because I, this is how I would like my son to get treated with his stepmom and his dad. But it was very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, it's like going from the playground into, for lack of a better comparison, a school structure where you have exactly. to sit down and listen. And they're like, no, I want to go to recess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, bio mom was pretty lax with her rules.
0: Yes. Yeah. Bio mom did not work until maybe a little less than a year ago. She just recently started working.
1: So, when y'all had the kids, when you had the step kids, mm-hmm. did they go to daycare the weeks y'all had them? Yes. Yeah, so they've
0: always gone to daycare ever since we moved in here. They've always gone to daycare since we moved in together. That's when they started doing daycare, and then eventually, mom was like, "Okay, maybe I should go to school or get a job." and she was doing school for a little bit. And so they agreed on one daycare because of how easier it would be for the kids. They already have to go to two different houses. But so right. they decided, okay, the least we can agree on is a daycare, which they did. So that's what the kids started to do. And that we started to notice a big change when the kids were going to daycare. There was more structure, and they, they were able, well, not so much the baby, but the older ones, you know, you can tell there was a big difference.
1: Right. Because she was getting that structure that she needed.
0: Correct. Yes. Yeah.
1: So when they were with Mom and Mom wasn't working, did they still go to daycare then or did you were y'all able to find a daycare that let them come every other week?
0: Yes, we actually were able to find a daycare that would let them come every other week. And I we I we know that our situation is pretty unique and a lot of daycares don't allow that. But right. we've been able to find that something that worked out for us.
1: That is awesome. Yes. More daycares should do that. But like you said, at least they weren't going yeah. from one daycare when they were with y'all to another daycare when they were with by a mom, because that would really suck.
0: Correct. Yeah. And that's actually something that I, I felt like I needed a point to my boyfriend because I told him, you know, I've done that since my kid was three and his dad and I, you know, we didn't always get along. But when it came to our son, I feel like whatever we did, whatever was in his best interest, not necessarily what worked out for us and in our favor. And school has always been important. And the least we can have him going from place to place, the better for him.
1: Right. Definitely. So do you deal with biomom mom at all? Or do you let your husband or your boyfriend deal with her? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, that's a whole other story on it. We initially did. Well, first of all, obviously, because of this whole situation, she was pregnant at the time we started dating. And I could understand that she didn't really care for me. So there was absolutely no contact until we actually moved in together. But prior to her finding out that we were going to move in together, she was really upset with him. And she made it very clear. She just could not believe that we were going to move in together. And so we did move in together eventually. And sometime along the way, um, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but prior to actually us moving in, I remember one time we were dropping off the kids because he used to have a different schedule for them. And it was um, like, I think Wednesday, Thursday and then every other weekend. So they used to follow that schedule. So in one of those changes I was there, and, you know, she just was so upset to see me there for the first time, I guess. So, I remember her cursing at me while she was getting the baby out of the car. Oh, gosh. And I just kind of stood back and just let everything happen. I didn't say anything. So I ended up coming, home or whatever, we let it go. And then eventually she did talk to me and you know she apologized for doing that. And we got over it. And then, like I mentioned, kids moved in here. They started going to daycare. And that's kind of when I started taking the role. of I would get the kids ready in the morning, take my son to the program that he goes to before school, or I would take them to school directly and then the stepkids, I would take them to daycare.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: And then I would pick them up after work as well. So I was picking them up and dropping them off. And from that, it led on to, you know, when there was issues at daycare, because I was usually the only one they saw and not my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They would tell me if, you know, the kids needed something or something happened with the kids or anything like that. And then I would pass that information on to either mom or dad. And at first, they were both okay with it. But eventually when things became like, hey, like they showed up to daycare with sweaters and sweatpants it, and it's hot. It's like 80 degrees outside. Why the little one coming to daycare like that and the little one's wearing, the other girl, I'm sorry, is wearing a dress.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was just tiny little things. And I was like, hey, just FYI, daycare said not to bring the, the kids in sandals anymore because so-and-so stepped on a nail and then she would get offended and be like, you know what, my kids can wear whatever they want. Things like that. It was mm-hmm. very immature stuff. And then eventually I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I don't want to talk to her anymore. And so I started having my boyfriend just do the communicating. I would tell him, hey, like daycare said this today or this happened today. And so then he would do the communicating after that. And then there was one time where she got offended over. It was a shoe thing that I mentioned, the sandal. Mm -hmm. And then she went off on me. And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I completely stopped talking to her. I even had to block her number because she was just going nuts. So I just said, Hey, if she needs anything, you know, she can text you and then you let me know until she's ready, you know, to be an adult about things. And otherwise I don't need to speak to her. And he was okay with that. Of course he had to be. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Yeah. There was this, actually this past October, it was stepson's birthday and she didn't have him that week. Long story short, we actually just let her take the kids and then we told him like, Hey, he needs to speak. He told him, I'm sorry. It was him communicating with her, just letting her know that he needed they need to be back home by a certain time because we were having a birthday party here she agreed first of all she showed up two hours late to pick them up and then she dropped them off like an hour and a half late after that and then by the time the kids came back they were really tired and they you know of course they wanted to be with mom so they were crying and then we had been waiting for such a long time and we actually needed to pick up the food for the birthday party so my boyfriend left to go pick that up and he said just stay here finish up whatever the decoration you're doing and She'll be here soon. So she dropped him off and she just walked into the gate of my apartment, didn't say hi. And I was like, oh, okay. So whatever. I kept walking behind them, And then she starts asking her daughter, where do you live? And her daughter points to the house. And so she starts walking her to our apartment and I'm just kind of walking behind. them, like, okay, what's going on?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So then I was like, oh, here, like, I'll give you a hand. Mind you, she's actually pregnant now. She was carrying like a bunch of bags in her hand. And I was like, here, I'll take them. So as I tried to reach for the bag, she snatched him and said, she said, don't effing, grab things out of my hand. And I was like, whoa, I'm just trying to help you. Like, you know, your hands are heavy. The kids are crying. you are struggling. And she was upset, got in my face, told me she was going to kick my ass and all these things. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, whoa, like the kids are here. What is wrong with you? Why are you acting this way? She ended up leaving, said she was taking your kids with her because dad wasn't there to receive them. I said, okay, that's fine. Your kids. You're the mom. And I just walked into my apartment, closed the door, called him, said, hey, I don't know what's going on. You need to figure it out. I'm not dealing with this. This is the last time I helped with any of the exchanges because this is not okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> not okay. Now, I find it yeah. interesting that she didn't want to be in a relationship with him. You said they didn't want to be in a relationship together, but it bothered her when you came into the picture.
0: Yes. And I don't know why that was because, like I mentioned, they had already been split up since the, their first daughter was four or six months, something like that, they had some sort of altercation where she hit him and threw the, what is it? The walker, the baby's walker.
3: Yeah. At him
0: So police were called and everything and they were scored, escorted her out, but they didn't do any, any charges or anything like that because uh, on her, because she was the one that got physical because uh, apparently they said that she, since she had just had the baby, she could possibly be suffering from postpartum depression. So They didn't want to do anything, so they just had her move out, and that was when they had split up, and it wasn't until months later, I guess, when they messed around once or twice, and eventually, she got pregnant with the second child.
1: Yeah. You know, there's um, that saying, be careful who you sleep with. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, where I – it was just so crazy to me because she knew – And I'm not, you know, to each their own, but she knew she was, they both knew they weren't in the position to have another kid. And I don't think they intended to do that. But Mm -hmm. obviously, you know what you're doing, you know, the consequences. And I guess they just both really didn't expect that to happen. And, well, they felt or she thought that she didn't have a choice, but, you know, to have the child. And, and well, he's been there throughout the entire time.
1: You would think with him knowing she was crazy, he wouldn't even want to sleep with her.
0: You know what? And that's what I told him too. And I think that he looked at her a lot differently than he does now, because now he understands and he knows because the entire time that they worked together, she never worked. And She kind of went to school, but not really. And then she didn't work. And even when they were split up, she wasn't working because her excuse was, I can't find a babysitter. My mom doesn't want to help me take care of my daughter and I can't find a babysitter. And it was always like that. And that's why I always sound like, what were you thinking? Like, how are you okay with this? And she's, manipulating him. You know, she needed money to pay for her groceries. She needed money for the diapers. She needed money for her car insurance, all these things. And he was giving everything to her that she needed when they weren't together. Mm -hmm. And she still lives at home with mom in the living room with the two kids and she's pregnant again.
1: Oh gosh. But not by him this time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, And that's got to be hard for the kids. And I mean, I hate it for her.
0: Absolutely. And I feel really bad because I, I feel like I genuinely tried to, you know, when I came into the situation, I had really good intentions, especially knowing the situation I had with my kid stepmom at the very beginning and how unapproachable she was. I tried to introduce myself and it wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. And I came in telling him like, hey, I don't want this for us. I wanted to be able to get along and do all that stuff and to have communication. But I think that I came in. Not knowing what blending really was like. And I just imagined something totally different.
1: Join the club, honey. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all have these fairy tale dreams of what the blend is going to look like. And even if we know it won't be easy, we still think, oh, we'll have picnics together and play mm-hmm. family game night. And, you know, some people that's possible, but the majority of people it's not. It's hard. Right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Now, you mentioned that your son has a stepmom. Yes. How do y'all get along now?
0: We're good. We are all in good terms on our end. Well, at the beginning, we didn't really get along so well. It maybe took like a year, maybe two. And it was just because I was talking to dad and she would just randomly text me on the side about something I was texting to dad about. And there was that kind of conflict.
1: She was overstepping.
0: Yeah, she was overstepping. And, you know, we worked things out and our son was, you know, he had a hard time, as in, you know, because he was a little bit older and for some reason it just felt like he just understood things differently. And, and that's actually, sorry, we're going to go back to my stepdaughter real quick. You're fine. Her parents have been split up since she was like four six months. So that's her going between two homes has been normal for her entire life. Versus yeah. my son, he, you know, we split up when he was three. And so he knew like, hey, my mom and my dad used to live together. So as Mm -hmm. he was getting older, um, he did start asking questions and, you know, we were never married, but he would, to him, he was always like, why are you guys divorced? Why can't you guys be back together? Mm -hmm. So stepmom came into his life shortly after we split up, maybe like four months afterwards. Mm -hmm. Then she moved in quickly. That was a big, I guess it was kind of an issue at first because it was like, well, well, not an issue, but I guess I just didn't know how to react to it because suddenly there's this like person taking care of my kid and taking him, to school and all that stuff. And it was really weird. I didn't know how to handle it at that time, but we overcame all of that and we get along fine now. There's no reason for us to fight about anything. I text her when I'm going to pick him up or she texts me when she's going to drop him off or, you know, cause he has a sister on death side. Okay. And so if there's a birthday or anything like that, or grandma wants to pick him up, you know, we all communicate and there's no reason for us to fight. So everything works out pretty well with us.
1: That is great. That is yeah. really good. And it's so much healthier for the kids.
0: Absolutely. And I think we can truly see that because, you know, I can see how much my son loves her stepmom. And like he knows, he understands that that's my stepmom. And he doesn't call her mom or anything. He calls her by her name. But when he refers to her and to everybody, he'll be like, either, you know, if he's talking to me, he'll be my stepmom. But if he's talking to somebody else, he'll be like, my mom. And right. then vice versa with my boyfriend, you know, we never pushed on to him, he's your dad or he's your stepdad. It's, you know, this is his name and you can choose to call him, whatever. And he just calls him by his name. But when other people talk to him and ask about him, he calls him his stepdad.
1: Right. Yeah. That's how we do it, too. Yeah. So you've got both of these babies, basically. hmm And the little girl was having some issues, but things seemed to get better. Mm-hmm. How is her relationship not only with you now since you started nachoing, but with your son?
0: So the relationship with my son has gotten a lot better. There was times, like I mentioned in the very beginning, she didn't really know how to behave, also because she was never told like, hey, you can't hit. She was always able to get away with everything. And if she did something, you know, oh my God, she hit. That's so cute. Oh my God, she's mad. Uh-huh. That is so cute. Mm-hmm. And then so obviously when there was world here, it's like, no, you can't hit. And I'm not saying my son's better or anything, but my son, geez, he's just not aggressive. He's She's actually one of the sweetest kids you'll ever meet versus her. She, she is a little bit more aggressive, even till now, you know, she comes off a little strong to other kids and it's always, they don't want to play with me, but she comes in and she's like, this is my toy (laughs) (laughs) from the very beginning. So yeah, so she had, um, she had quite a hard time adapting. And I think the other biggest thing was her sharing, feeling like she's sharing her dad, not only with my son, but with me. Because you know, she was the only girl around for him and she did not like the attention, even till now. I think she still struggles with it a lot. We'll be in the car, or him and I will be sitting down, having just talking, and she will walk by him. She'll be like, Daddy, and then you know, he'll stop and talk to her, and he'll be like, Yes, and she'll be like, Um, I love you, and it's always, Hey, Daddy, I love you. Anytime I'm talking to him, mm-hmm. she still has a hard time with that, but I also feel like they're still going through the whole okay, my mom now has a boyfriend, my dad lives with my stepmom. I feel like she's still trying to navigate that. And I feel like she still has a difficult time. And Mm -hmm. we kind of try to explain things to her like, hey, you need to say excuse me or hey, like, I have to tell her like, I'm not trying to take your dad. (laughs) But um, yeah, she had a very hard time. And with my stepson now, they actually have a better relationship. Of course, it's the whole, you know, she's younger. She kind of gets on my nerves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's just the normal sibling.
1: Yes. Issues they have. Yes. Yeah. And you have to be careful with that because if you try to stop them from interacting because they do fight, then you can sometimes stop that sibling bonding from happening.
0: Right. And it's actually one of the things that I did learn on the podcast, too, because at first I was very like, no, like, why? Why is she hitting my kids? <laughs> yeah. you know I kind of went into mommy mode and I was like no like don't hit my kid I truly would get upset I would tell him like hey like she's hitting him and then he would talk to her but that was it there was no timeout not even like I don't even know I'm sure a lot of people have heard this but like a positive timeout like hey sit in the thinking chair and think about what you did versus making it such a negative experience for her because she was having I, I guess you could say she was having a hard time with the blending and all that Mm -hmm. but um she never had to worry about getting in trouble because it was just like hey stop hitting and that's where it ended there was no there's a time or I'm going to take this away from you or why did you do that and you know she would not like to say sorry so yeah that's how that went too (laughs) yeah and then the little one oh my god the little one was such a joy and like I said my son is eight now and so I wanted to have a kid for the longest time it just has not been the right time obviously so when that kid came in our lives I thought wow this is amazing like I get to have a kid that's not really my kid that I can get rid of every other week
3: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and it was great the first like six seven months maybe but he eventually turned into this little monster <laughs> like I oh, know it i no. so mean to say but if I could say he literally cried Lori every like day and he had this cry that just it's loud it screeches in your ears it is loud and it was also sometimes cute because it sounded like he was laughing uh-huh. but he would cry so much that I literally would cry too and I would just walk away
3: oh. and
0: I went through it Lori because like I mentioned I picked them up from school dropped them off at daycare picked them back up did all that stuff you know I came home I cooked we read or did whatever we did we went to the park and then I got them ready again for the night and brush your teeth, take a shower, all that stuff, get into bed, change, all that. And it was very difficult because there was a time where my boyfriend was working nights as well. He had two jobs at one point and I had all of them. And so it was a lot of work, a lot of work.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you. It was very difficult for me. Why you were doing all that stuff? Was it because you just came in wanting to be super stepmom? Or was it because your boyfriend wasn't able to because of work or things like that?
0: So, no, I feel like initially I came in and I did all that stuff. Because, I yeah, I guess you could say I wanted to be super stepmom, not really knowing that I wanted to be super Mm stepmom. I think I kind of just did it because it felt, so normal for me to do like i came in like yeah of course, well, i'm the woman like i need to do the cooking yeah. i need to do the cleaning i need to do the laundry i need to do all that i don't know if it's because the side in the warm or because i just felt like i needed to do it but it also felt very natural like i just i knew that I, the kids had to shower and i just took care of it it's not because my boyfriend was lazy or he didn't care to help i just did it i just it was the routine i had for my son and it was the routine i expected for them to have as well. And I think that's kind of where I didn't stop myself and think, well, like they're not used to this. I should have known they weren't going to like this, or I should have known it was going to be harder, but I genuinely did not realize how much harder it would be. And it took a toll on me. And then eventually my boyfriend started working. So that it became, okay, he doesn't because I don't let him.
3: Mm-hmm. And then he
0: doesn't now, he doesn't help with that stuff because he's at work. And by the time he gets home, I'm like, oh, my God, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that today. Like, I'm going nuts. And then he would apologize and we would talk about it and he would address it to the kids. But I feel, I don't even know if this makes a difference, but I feel like because they're so young, they don't understand what they did wrong because that happened yesterday.
1: Right. So I was
0: trying to figure out, do they know what they did wrong yesterday? (laughs) Right. So that was difficult, yeah.
1: Because it's so long ago. That might as well be a month for a kid.
0: Exactly. And that's what I thought too. But yeah, eventually I started doing everything because he was starting to work the night shift as well. And then eventually that stopped because I told him I can't do this anymore. I'm going nuts. I would literally cry at night and tell him like I can't do this. Like I know that I said that I I could take this on and, and and you know be a stepmom to these kids, but they're driving me nuts and I can't do it. I need your help. And so yeah, he did stop working, but I also stopped working my my full time job that I was working at the time and I had opened up my small business and um, I was able to work from home. So then again, I took it back on. Right. Yeah.
1: And so when you took it back on, how did you feel?
0: I was a mess. I, again, I went back to crying and it felt because I was at home, I had more responsibility and there was more things that I needed to clean and the house just never felt clean. And it just, I feel like it became worse and worse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to deal with the kids. I had to do this. I had to do that with them. And it was extremely hard on me. And I feel like it started to take a toll on my mental health. I kept thinking, like, why am I dealing with this? Like, my son is fine. Like, you know, I can give him the iPad and he's completely fine. Or I can do this with him. And he doesn't need all the attention. Versus the other kids, they needed me to do everything for them. Everything. And it was Mm -hmm. draining. And. It was difficult, you know, like even eating, like the kids would go to the yogurt, they want to eat chips and yogurts and everything that was there. And my son, he, he would wait and, or he would ask for a snack versus the kids were in the kitchen the entire time. And I was like, okay, well, we need rules. So we started putting down rules and dad, when he was here, he really wouldn't enforce them. And I think he felt guilty at some point because he was working all the time. So he wasn't really enforcing the stuff. And I just felt like it wasn't helping me. So, right. so it was it was really bad. It got really bad at, to a point where I just, I felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I wanted to separate. And then I stopped myself because I do love this person. When the kids are not here, him and I are perfect. We're good. It's only when the kids are here that we're fighting. And we're, we argue because of what's going on with the kids, not necessarily because we have any issues of our own.
1: Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not feel like that a lot of times you weren't paying as much attention to your son because you were dealing with his kids?
0: Absolutely. And that was one of the biggest things, too, because I am really close to my son. And he did go from being my only child to having to share the attention with two other kids. And I could Mm -hmm. tell that he knew that they weren't the most best to kids at the beginning. And I think he knew that because he was like, Mom, so-and-so is doing this again. And I could tell because he would tell me, like, I, I miss when it was just me and you in our apartment. I miss this. And I started to feel extremely guilty. On top of that, I was starting to feel mm-hmm. really guilty because I felt like I couldn't love these two other kids as my own, like I thought I would. I started to sort of, I don't even know what word to use, but I started to dread the weeks the kids were going to come back. I was happy to see my son, but I dreaded them coming back. It was hard on me. It was difficult. It was a lot of work. That was very hard.
1: Yeah, it is hard. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't realize that three years from now, you'll think, oh, I didn't spend as much time with little Johnny because I was worried about the stepkids. Exactly. I mean, that can Mm -hmm. follow you your whole life. And a lot of times it's hard to forgive yourself for that. And... You know, the way I look at it is you can't change it. What's in the past is the Mm -hmm. past. Yeah. But what you can do is from this day forward, make sure that you are giving your bio kids the attention they need or you will end up regretting it later.
0: Yes. And that's something that I've really tried after, you know, I think I was listening to, I remember just being in the car and I actually remember I was an gas station. And I was about to get out and pump gas, but I had was try- I was on my way to LA and I was trying to find a station to listen to some podcasts. And I remember, I think it was Stepmom Strong, where you were a guest. And I heard mm-hmm. you talk about it. And I heard you talk about, you know, what nachoing is and how you came up with the word nacho and all that stuff. And I remember just sitting in the car and not even pumping the gas because I was so stuck in what you were saying. And I I was desperate. I needed something like I had already gone to therapy for myself. I had already done everything that I thought was would work. I thought, okay, maybe I should bond more with a stepkid. Maybe I should do this. And I felt like everything I was trying was just not working. So I was desperate and I heard the podcast and I was like, whoa, I didn't even, I finished your episode and I didn't listen to anything that they had after that. And I went straight to the Nacho Kids podcast. And that's kind of where I started to pick up everything and. I think I started to validate my feelings for the first time because like I mentioned, I didn't, I don't know anybody in my situation. I don't know anybody with stepkids kids, my age, I'm 29 and a lot of my friends don't mm-hmm. have kids. So that was very difficult because I didn't know anybody and I didn't know who to talk to. And even when I would tell my boyfriend, Hey, like I'm feeling this way towards the kids and I feel bad. And you know, he would kind of look at me like, what do you mean? Like, how, how could you feel that way? And I didn't know how to express it. So I just wouldn't say it anymore because I felt like I was being rude or I was being mean. And so when I started looking yes. to your podcast and I realized that it is okay to not love them like your own, like you're not a bad person mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, It, it was just life changing to be completely honest with you.
1: I am so thankful that you heard us on her podcast because mm-hmm. you know that you're not the only one going through this and it's hard And even if you had friends that had stepkids, say they become a stepmom when the kid was five, Mm -hmm. they're not going to understand the same dynamics because you came in when the kids were two and a couple of months old. Exactly. There are so many variables. And then a lot of people will say to you, how can you not love those kids as your own? You've been in their life for basically forever because they're not your kids. There's something about DNA that cannot be dismissed.
0: And it's true. And again, I have tried my hardest from the very beginning. And like I mentioned, because I understand that my blend is unique and I've been there since they were babies and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what I've, you know, and listening to the podcast and from the very beginning, I literally start, I went back to the first episode and that's kind of where I've made my way. And now every Friday I tune in because. I want to know because I feel like I feel like even though I am not chewing and I'm using these methods, I feel like there's so much more to learn, especially the kids being so young and everybody's situation is different and unique and everybody touches on different topics. And for me, I feel like I needed every tool that I could get because these kids were so little when they were brought into my life. And one of the things that I tell my boyfriend all the time is you will never understand what it's like to be a step parent, a step mom to your kids because you're not obviously not in the situation. With my kid, you don't have to deal. You are a step-parent to him, but you guys have a great relationship because you don't have to do anything for him. His dad and I have a great relationship. The stepmom do too. We all communicate. There's no issues. There's no problems. So it's easy for you. You don't have to do anything for him at all. But your kids, I'm the one Mm -hmm. that's taking them to daycare, picking them up, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning. And at the end of the day, they leave and I don't know anything about them unless I ask you. And that's where it comes in. I don't know anything about them until they come back. And when they come back, sometimes they come back in a bad mood because they don't want to be there and they want to go back to mom's house or they come back and the little boy is crying the first two days because he's trying to adjust to being here. And it's
3: difficult Mm -hmm.
0: and it's sad because, you know, they're little and I get that. But it also played a really big toll on my mental health because it's like, come on, like I've had you since you were a baby or I've had you since you were little. What do you mean you don't love me? And I think that to me was the hardest thing. Like I know that I could get upset on my son, maybe yell at him and he still loved me. But if yes. these kids, if I yelled at them or said anything in a different tone, they were mad and they were crying and they wouldn't talk to me for like an hour or so. And they would just stick around that. And that hurt me because it's like, how do you not love me? I love you. And then I started to realize, you know what? It's okay. They don't love me. I don't really need to love them either. And eventually I did start to get very angry at them and, And it wasn't, and I feel bad for even saying it, but I truly felt really upset. And I sometimes can't even express what kind of feelings I had. I just was not happy. It was very difficult
3: Mm -hmm. for me.
1: Yeah, girl, I remember those feelings all too well. And, you know, a lot of people will bash the Facebook group, which I know there's a lot of people in there that should not be in there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people in there that don't want help. They just want to complain. but. When somebody says, I despise my stepkids, I will get messages. Even though the Nacho group is a lot more lenient mm-hmm. with people saying that thing or saying stuff like that, I will still get messages about how horrible my Facebook group is. It's not, y'all, that's why I created that group because I was there. I didn't want anything bad to happen to these kids. Mm-hmm but I would have been 100% okay if they never came back to visit.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's so sad, but I get I get it because I feel like you all, I don't know, if, I can't speak for me, I guess, but I don't feel now what I used to feel before. Like, of course, I still get the feelings where, like, you can come back, not come back, and I'll be fine. But before, I mm-hmm. was just very angry, and now I'm not because of Nacho.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, and I was like that, too. I yeah. would get angry on the way home before I came home, knowing they were here. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Oh my God. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I saw somebody say the other day with gas prices going up, just sit in your car. Don't ride around the block. (laughs) (laughs) But I I did. I, I dreaded coming home. I dreaded hearing them eat. It was just so stressful. And like you said, I was angry. And when we're angry, we take it out on our significant others, even on our bio kids, yeah. because we're snappy. Mm-hmm. And they don't deserve that. And everybody thinks nachoing is just disengaging. And that's not it. One yeah. of the things is realizing that, hey, these kids are struggling with this too. Yeah, It's hard for little Johnny, being two years old, to be with his mom for a week and then leave his mom. As much as he may like you we're mm-hmm. not like you. Doesn't really matter because his world flips upside down every other week. Exactly. Yeah. And granted, he will get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, my son, his dad and I had split up before he was born, so oh, okay. my son's only known us being apart. So he's used to going. But even when he was little, he'd say, "I don't want to go." And some people will fault me for this and say I shouldn't have said it, but it was the truth, and I'm very honest. Mm-hmm. And I said. I'm sorry, honey, but you have to go because your daddy is given time by the court system. Right. And the judge says that you have to go. And I remember he was probably four or so, and he didn't want to go to his dad's. And I said kind of the same thing. And he's like, I need to talk to that judge. (laughs) And I'm like, the judge isn't going to not make you go just because you don't like going, you know. Since birth, his life has been dictated by a court order. And so I didn't see anything wrong with telling him that.
3: Right.
0: And it seemed
1: to make it easier when he realized that I wasn't the one. I wasn't, like, wanting to get rid of him.
0: Good, because at the end of the day, kids kids don't know that unless you tell them. And I feel like I like to be completely honest with my son in every way that I can. And obviously, age-appropriate for him so that he understands what's going on. Because they deserve that. Right? Yeah.
1: And, you know, I didn't go into everything with him, but it was yeah, of course. just somebody else is saying that this has to happen. Mm -hmm. And no, he may not have known what the court system was, but again, he understood it's not mommy's getting rid of you. And I didn't go through the, Oh, mommy doesn't want you to go either because Mm -hmm. that would have just made it harder for him. Right. But I do remember I had to take him to counseling because he was having some issues and he was little, like I said, he was two or so. And I would tell the therapist, I said, you know, he doesn't want to go. And I'll say, oh, you're going to have fun and you're going to have a great time. She said, stop doing that. And I'm thinking, what? And she said, stop doing that. You don't know if he's going to have a good time.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. You don't know how he feels when he's there. And if you say, oh, you're going to have a good time and all this stuff, and then he doesn't, then he feels like that you lied to him. I never thought of it that way.
0: And it kind of goes back to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, She said, quit making it sound like he's going to the
0: circus. (laughs) Yeah, that really hits you. Um, Yeah, my son was doing the same thing, therapy, because he had issues at school. And the teacher was like, he's a really sweet kid. But for whatever reason, he's throwing tantrums. And those are things that we were not seeing at home, dad and I, especially at dad's house, because dad's a little Mm -hmm. bit more strict. But there's just issues that we were that were happening at school because of what was happening at home. He was just sad, and he didn't understand why dad and mom weren't together. So we definitely did therapy and that really helped.
1: And they don't know how to express it any more than we know how to express certain things. You know, a lot of times during this interview, we've both said, I don't know really how to explain it, but it's different. Or I can't really put it into words. They don't know how to do that either. And we're a lot older than they are.
0: And we can't expect them to. And the way they do it is just by crying and being upset.
1: Yep. Being a brat, tantrums, Mm -hmm. throwing stuff, being defiant, all that. And I know when I was so angry prior to not showing, I could not see that David was struggling in the blend. I could not see that the kids were because I was so focused on how I felt. Yeah. But once I started showing, I was able to go, you know what? Everybody's struggling in this and we have to give everybody grace. And I'm not saying that we should let the kids beat us up or anything like uh-huh. that. I mean, don't take it to extremes. Yeah. But when they're having a bad day, when they come in from school, it's okay. They're allowed to have a bad day right of course and i understand that yeah they you know shouldn't be allowed to throw things at you and cuss at you of course but it's okay that they have a bad day
0: yeah absolutely i totally agree because that i i dealt with it with my son personally and then you know when the kids were coming over i started seeing it with them eventually but everything that you're saying it's so crazy how you know talking to somebody that can relate or you can say something and they they know what it's like it's I have found it very difficult to find somebody that I relate to me or I can relate to and, you know, bring things up and they validate that it's totally okay for you to feel that way. You're not a bad person. You're doing your best.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and there's a lot of Facebook groups, stepmom groups, even podcasts will, where they will shun you for feeling this way. And that's not right. right. Our feelings are real and we have to be true to them and when we start feeling overwhelmed we have to find a way to relieve the pressure mm-hmm. and that's what not showing's about lowering that stress
0: yes and i feel like like i mentioned because i came in the blend thinking you know things were going to be so positive i was going to be hands on with the kids and i wanted to so badly get along with the mom so that we can have a good blend and that's kind of kind of how i came into all of this thinking everything was going to be good and i wanted it to be better than what I had experienced personally with my kid's stepmom and my kid's dad, that mm-hmm. I wanted that to happen for us. But I didn't realize that it was not going to be as easy. And, you know, our situation was different from their situation. And, you know, like I mentioned, mom didn't work. So he, dad, even though dad, you know, has the, the same amount of time as her, he still had to pay her child support, because she didn't want to work.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, that was difficult, too, because You know, it's obviously taking from us. And I'm just like, like the kids are here and they have everything they need and you still have to pay child support. And even then, you know, she gives up certain days because she, God knows, wants to do something. And so she hands off the kids to his mom or to us or to her mom. And so I would get upset about it. And then I, you know, there was like certain like holidays where they needed to be picked up at a certain time or. It was her turn or it was our turn. And they were going back and forth through text, arguing about whose day it was. And it's like, you guys have a court order, follow it or go back and get a new court order because they still actually only have a court order for the older, the daughter, not the son.
3: Oh, uh, okay. So it's
0: not even updated. And then that was another thing that started causing stress was just that i just, I get so angry about the communication and I was getting upset for things. I didn't even involve me that had absolutely nothing to do with me obviously yes they did kind of involve me in some sort of way because if we had plans and we had to switch them out because she couldn't pick up the kids or she changed minutes and plans last minute it would obviously affect our plans. Mm-hmm. so that was the only time but other than that like there were things that i was stepping into that i didn't even realize i was doing to myself that i didn't need to be a part of it but in that moment yes. i felt like I i took on that responsibility i took on that anger, I took on that, you know, resentment and I got upset and I'd be like, how come she's not picking them up? How come she's not doing this? You know, I would do that, not Mm -hmm. realizing that what I was doing was wrong too. I, you know, she wasn't the only person that was wrong. I was wrong about it. And I needed to step back and be like, well, if he's not that angry about it, why should I be angry about it?
1: Right. And it puts him in a bad situation because he's thinking, oh, or he may be thinking, I get my kids longer and it doesn't bother him. He's thankful for it. And you're, you're upset about it. So it puts him in a bad situation because, you know, he doesn't want to say, I'm just glad I get my kids longer. And then you're like, well, what about me? We had plans. Right. And it just puts him in the middle.
0: Yeah. And and I think at the beginning too, I can assume that's probably a big reason why her and I stopped getting along was because he started putting up boundaries and you can't do this or you can't just drop them off or you can't just pick them up whenever you want it needs to be at a set time or no you can't just have money because you need it you need to do something on your end too and it was very difficult I guess at the beginning for her to understand that and I feel like that's kind of Mm -hmm. why she started to become so angry because she was no longer able to push him around how she was used to and she wasn't able to manipulate any situation like she was before because I'd be like no like you have just as much rice as she does Mm -hmm. so i did kind of step into that but eventually i stopped and i no longer deal with any of their things i don't i completely not show all that stuff in fact with the whole um the little one he we decided that he wanted to get pot we decided we should potty potty train him we tried the first time didn't work out i guess mom tried and he was yelling at the top of his lungs and he did not want to sit But then he came back to us and I was like, you know what? Let me try it over the weekend. Dad was working. Um, You know, he picked up a shift over the weekend. So I stayed home with all the kids and I took off his diaper and I kept sitting him on the toilet. We did the whole few minutes, all that stuff. And eventually he started to understand it. And so when I took him back to daycare, Mm -hmm. I told him, hey, he's in a diaper today. You guys can please help out with that. Mom picks him up today. Mom picked him up and did not put him on the toilet at all. So then he comes back. And he is so crazy, Lori. He's potty trained here, but he's not potty trained at school and at her house. He will not sit on the toilet. (gasps) But here, he'll get home and be like, I need to go potty. And we'll sit him on the toilet and he'll go. So kids know and they pick and choose. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's potty trained here, so it's weird.
1: That is weird. It's like at work. We know what we can get away with. We know what we can't.
0: Exactly. And I, I know the kids know they can get away with things with her, And I haven't, I haven't said anything, but I tell him like, Hey, you know, he's little. He needs to know that either you guys are going to do no diapers and just underwear, or you guys are going to do pull-ups. But if he has pull-ups, he thinks he could just go there. There's no use in using the pull-ups because if you take them off, he will tell you, Hey, I need to go potty, but they're claiming that he's not ready, but they're not. I feel like mom is not really doing what she should on her end. And at first I was getting really upset about it and was getting annoyed because I just put in all this work and then came that whole Mm -hmm. thing where you get people pick and choose when I could be stepmom and or not like they choose when I have a say or not and so that you know again when it
1: conveniences them
0: exactly yeah so I just you know I ended up telling him you know what like I turned off the notifications for the kids daycare if the kids need diapers or wipes or they need anything you tell me and I will take them but if you don't or you get them ready and just let me know where they're at and I'll take them to daycare because there came a point, too, where mom was not sending diapers and wipes to, sc- to school, and I was. I was constantly restocking and restocking, and I would tell him, hey, are you telling her that she hasn't brought this, or she hasn't diapers? And he's like, oh, no, or yes, I already told her. But he wouldn't communicate what was going on, so then I would get upset. And then I realized, you know what, I need to not show it. So I deleted the app off my phone, and I told mm-hmm. him, whenever you need help, let me know. I'll I'll still pick up the kids because it works out that way better for us. I don't mind it, but I won't Mm -hmm. go out of my way to do any of the extra stuff anymore. The shower stuff, you know, I completely let him take care of it for his kids. Sometimes I'll help with them, but if I don't feel like it, if I'm just not having a good day or if I'm tired or I could just see the kids are acting up, I just won't deal with it. And he does. And he's really well with it. He does really well with it. So it works out.
1: Good. So you do it if you want to, and he doesn't expect you to.
0: Correct, because he's never expected me to. So every time, since from the very start, whenever I started complaining and I started feeling everything or realizing all these things were going on and I started to, okay, where is this stemming from? And I realized, you know, I'm angry because of the kids or I'm upset because I have to do all of this or I feel like I have to do all of this. And so I told him like, hey, like Mm -hmm. I get that I'm working from home now, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to take on everything else that comes with this. So I need your help. So eventually, little by little, I started letting him know what I needed from him and how he could help me and he is great he really is amazing um he's a great dad and he's a great partner he does everything that he needs to do you know sometimes he doesn't address things with mom and bring things up but you know again that's kind of things that I just need to learn how to nacho but as far Mm -hmm. as like the cook even my cooking like I just like hey I don't want to cook today and he'll do it things like that with getting the kids ready and I'll tell him you know what so and so is getting on my nerves today that's all you And he'll do it. He'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. And I can see him struggle sometimes too. And it's funny. And I'm just like sitting in my bedroom and I can hear him arguing with them in the restroom. Like, hey, like you're not doing this. You're not doing that. And I can hear how frustrated he is. And then I'll bring it up up to him like a day or two later. Like, hey, look, do you realize what's going on? Do you realize how you're finally seeing and dealing with your kid's behavior now versus it being me all the time? Me being the bad one, you know, so-and-so has certain rules Mm -hmm. for me, but my dad doesn't. And why is that? Right. And I keep telling him, like, I feel like I'm the bad guy because I'm the one that says, "Okay, you know what? Here, you're done. You give me that toy. You you need to sit down and think about what you did," or things like that. And now I let mm-hmm. him deal with it, and I can see a huge difference in the relationship that I have with the kids. And that's something that I also learned right. on the podcast was that doesn't mean I'm completely stepping away. It just means that I do need to step back and then rebuild that relationship with the kids. And now we get along so well, and I notice that the little one doesn't come here crying on Mondays and Tuesdays. He's good about it. He's happy to be here, and it's because I think I'm happier when I don't have to deal with him so much.
1: Right, right, and it's probably helped your relationship with your significant other because you're not complaining about his kids. Mm -hmm, 100%. (laughs) And he gets to see it on his own.
0: Yes, 100%. I definitely agree because I could see a huge difference. In our relationship, when, when they're here, because that's what I mentioned, we were not getting along, and even when they're not here, and then I can see us being a team, like, okay, like, it's your turn for this, or it's my turn for this, and we really,
2: and I really yeah. love
0: that about him, that, you know, since I, I heard about Nacho, and I explained it to him, and I remember I was in tears that day, and I was like, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I'm going to step back, and I hope that you can understand that I'm not stepping back, because I don't love the kids or I don't love you it's just that I feel this way and it's making me feel this way and obviously we're having conflict and he's willing to just try anything that he thinks will work out for us and so far hearing about the Nacho Method and your podcast and everybody's story has really changed my life and the way I parent in my relationship even with my kid you know I started to uh, focus on him a lot more and tell my boyfriend hey today I'm going to pick him up and we're going to go get ice cream and I'll see you guys at home. You pick up the other kids and he's okay with that. And it works out better for us too. You know, I get to spend some time with my son.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's important that you have that alone time with your son.
0: Yes. It's extremely important. And, um, especially him being, you know, him going from being the only child here and at his dad's, and then now he has a sibling over there and he has two extra here. (laughs) So I'm sure he, he appreciates me at least taking the time to, to do things with just him by
1: himself. Well, let me ask you this before mm-hmm. we wrap up. Sure. Does your significant other parent your son?
0: I don't think he's ever felt the need to because he does, I guess, in a way. But like I mentioned, I feel like because I always just took care of everything for him, the showers and all that stuff, getting his clothes ready. And because he's older, mm-hmm. he's never really needed him to do anything. But of course, there's times where like he picks them up from his after school program for me or you know, now, you know, they, he, my son plays soccer, and he coaches his team. And, you know, he gets along with him. But of course, I noticed that sometimes when my boyfriend does try to tell him to do something, he doesn't feel so happy about it. And he questions it. Oh, well, you're not the boss. My mom is. And I feel like my son sees uh-huh. that because I was the parent the other kids. So he's like, well, my mom's doing everything. Why does he get to tell me something? Right. So there is conflict with that. And yeah. of course, you know, I step in and I what I tell the best thing that I could probably do, what I do tell my son is like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, when your dad's not here, he's here and he helps me out. If I'm not around you, to, you know, you need to respect him because he's kind to you and he's patient with you. And he listens to you. And vice versa, when you're with dad and I'm not there, your stepmom is able to help your dad with the things that I would usually be able to do for you. If dad can't do it for you, she can, or she might want to, or right. whatever the situation is. But, um, they, my son and him have a really good relationship and I feel like one of the things before we do wrap it up, one of the biggest things that I do want to mention is that I feel that the way, the reason why we came into this blend, the way we did was because I came from a family where I didn't grow up with my dad. It was just a single mom of seven kids. I'm the youngest.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And he came from a family and it was him and his brother he didn't know until he was a little bit old, a lot older, actually, maybe like 15, 14, that his dad that he grew up with wasn't his biological dad. And so he's always treated him like his own kid. And he, I think maybe he met him when he was like four. So that's all he knows. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: he didn't understand how I felt because to him, it's like, well, how could you not love my kids the way, you know, you love your kid? Because I love my, I that, like he's my own dad, but I had to explain to him, it's a totally different situation.
1: That's all you had. Right. And he thought that his stepdad was his dad.
0: Yeah. He's always thought that. Right. Since he was a da- Yeah. Since he was little. So as long as he knows that's his only dad. And I tried I had to make sure that I explained that to him. Like, you need to understand that our situation is extremely unique, it's very different.
1: Mm-hmm. It is.
0: But all in all, they do have a great relationship. And I've always appreciated
3: that.
1: <laughs> yes. And that's so good. And I'm so glad that. Not only you heard about us, but that your significant other was open to trying it and didn't take it as, oh, she doesn't love my kids, so we're done.
0: Yeah, and he, he's always been, he's super open about everything and new things that I want to try, whether it's doing this whole nacho situation or anything else that I'm trying out. But he's extremely supportive. And when I, you know, he has seen the benefits of not and he's that like, I, I am now rebuilding the relationship with the kids and you know now the little girl and I you know we'll go to the store and the boys get to stay home and play video games and do their thing and he sees that that we're a lot happier now that I don't have to do as much and he appreciates everything that I've done a lot more now that he has to do it now
1: (laughs) yes exactly well it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast and I am so thankful that you decided to be a guest because I know what we've talked about is going to help so many other people.
0: Yes, I hope so, too, because I wish I would have known somebody in my situation.
1: (laughs) Well, I would love to have you back in a couple of years to see how things are going when the stepkids are a little bit older. Absolutely. I would love that. All right. That sounds great. Thank you, Lori. David, we rarely talk about us doing one-on-one coaching calls or couples coaching calls.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: We do offer those. Mm-hmm. We get pretty busy sometimes. Yep. But I do want people to know that we do offer those.
2: Yeah. We were reminded how we are doing a disservice <laughs> by not reminding people that they can get per- private help from us. Because, you know, you can get uh, group help in the academy, but some people want you know... um private and they want it to be specific and focused on them and build a plan and address their issues and, you know, make a, a bigger impact quicker. And so we are reminding you that that's there. And also it's very limited. So it's, you know, we only have so much time that we can devote to that. So we can't take but a few couples at a time.
1: Right. So if you are interested in finding out more about our coaching packages, email us at laurie at nacho or contact us at nacho and just say, Tell me about your coaching packages, girl. <laughs> yeah, say exactly that. <laughs> say it just like that.
2: Draw out the letters, girl. Yeah, that's with a U, G U R <laughs> R R R
1: L. That's it. <laughs> what david said well it was funny when i said contact us at lori at nachokids.com i'm like wonder if people even know how to spell Lori, because my own grandmother spelled it three different ways
2: yeah so it's just simple l-o-r-i yep i'm simple i'm a simple woman (laughs) (laughs) well the cool thing about the couples coaching is the fact that you've got um, both people in the relationship that are there you got me and you both there and we can really make a fast track into understanding what's going on, what each person is dealing with, and most often you'll find out that one person will say our biggest issue is X Y Z, and the other person is like, "No, our biggest issue is A B and C." And I'm like, "Okay," and then we find out it's <laughs> E F and G. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, just the this just the initial call is very enlightening for everybody, and by the time we get off that first call. You know, everybody, especially the the couple that comes through the call, they're like, "Wow, we um, we thought we even understood what our own problems were, and we didn't. We 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 were enlightened as to what things we need to work on, and so from there, we develop a plan for them and and start, you know, chipping away at at the issues. But, yeah, um,
1: they join and have ten problems, and by the time they get off the call, we tell
2: them there's fifteen more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is that a lot of them. A lot of problems build on other problems. And so, like anything else, you know, we want to chip away at that. But eventually, we got to get down to that root problem. Otherwise, the rest of them would just come back. And so, surprisingly,
1: uh, the root problem is not always the stepkids,
2: folks. It's rarely the stepkids. That's right. Especially rarely.
1: if it's my stepkid, my kid, my bio kid, uh, David's stepkid.
2: Oh, whatever. Whatever. But, you know, understanding what the issues are. And what the problems are, because a lot of people try to treat the symptoms and they think they're treating a problem and they're not. So that's Mm -hmm. frustrating. Uh, And the other thing, too, is you have some accountability happening. Uh, A lot of people talk about how, oh, I talked to my spouse about something a dozen times. And then as soon as we went to a a coach or counselor, they said the same thing. And all of a sudden it clicked. (laughs) Uh, But sometimes it just takes somebody else from outside of the relationship to point things out, and oftentimes it's not things you don't know. Like people don't necessarily leave a counseling session with this aha moment. It's I like, did. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I don't say it doesn't happen, but a lot of times it's like, oh man, that makes so much sense, and I know that, but why did I not pay attention? You know, it's it's a lot of that, and sometimes it's just putting all the pieces together. Uh, one of the benefits we have by coaching. Tons and tons and tons of people is that we we see all this stuff all the time and we kind of know where things will uh, will end up or how people will respond sometimes or you know what the end result is going to be. So it just gives us a lot more history to pull from to understand uh, what what may work and what may not work for you. And the fun part is you get homework. <laughs> that is not the fun
1: part. It is for me. I get to assign the homework. I'm sure you like that. Yep. I need to get me a red pen to grade this homework.
2: Nah. The best part for me is when you see the couple making that progress that they didn't think they can make, or they see you see that hope they finally have. You know, they come in feeling hopeless and they're like, this is the, you know, this is our last thing. If this doesn't work, we're done. And then, you know, somewhere within the first couple of calls, you start seeing that hope. That they have and they can do this and they've got tools and people have showed them how to use the tools and they and they feel like there's people that's helping them navigate these, these tough things. Um, that's the part I like. I just like seeing that renewed hope in people's eyes.
1: Yeah. Every time somebody signs up for the academy or we sign somebody up with the coaching calls, I'm like, woohoo, somebody else we get to help. I know. Yep. That's what feeds my soul, people. That's exactly it. All right, David, quit flapping off at the jaws.
2: These people got to go. All right, I got to go, too. So join us next week. Um, Will we be here next week? Yeah. Okay. We said we were going to be in Texas, so I didn't Well,
1: I will have a podcast release that morning.
2: Oh, that's right. Because the magic of technology means that we can do it ahead of time. That's right. (laughs) All right, folks, we'll see you next week. And remember, life is good when you nacho.